Last week we talked about a big promise given in Romans 8:28, And we know, Paul says, for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. And a big promise like that needs a big foundation. We as Christians need to be sure we can trust that promise with all our hearts, no matter what happens. And a big foundation is exactly what we have in the coming verses. Let me read them to you, to you now. They're found in Romans 8, 29 and 30. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. These two verses provide the evidence, the reason, and the assurance for how we know that verse 28 is true. Now, there's some big and perhaps confusing words in there, and we just want to break them down and then see how those verses relate back um, and see how we can be sure that in all things in Christ, um, all things are working for our good. So we've got five words that we want to explain. Number one, those whom he foreknew. Now, people can get a bit confused about this. God didn't look through the corridors of time and see who would have faith, and based on the faith that he saw, he would choose them. It's not like Dr. Strange in Infinity War, when he sees all the possibilities of how they would beat Thanos. God didn't do that. When the Bible talks about knowing, it doesn't just mean to know. As I might say, I know Stuart behind the camera. I know some things about him. Amos 3, verse 2 says, You only have I known among all the families of the earth. That's God talking to the Israelites. But God knows all the families of the earth. He knows how many there are. He knows what they're doing. He knows everything about them. So what does God mean when he says, you only have I known? Well, we know that God chose the Israelites to be his own special people and that he loved them. So when the Bible talks about knowing, it must be a special kind of knowing, more intimate. To know, to delight, to set his heart on, to love, to choose. And that's what he did for us before the foundation of the world. He loved us and he chose us. So that's number one, for new. Number two, those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. They don't get uh, scared of that word predestined. It just means to determine beforehand. So what did he determine beforehand? It says he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So he chose you and then he determined that you would be made like Christ and that one day you would go to heaven to be with him. Isn't that what we want? To be made like Christ? So last week we said that all things work together for our good. And this is the good we're talking about. We're being made like Christ, not being made rich or being made powerful or being made famous, but made like Christ. You know, sometimes that happens through joy and sometimes it happens through suffering. Sometimes life gets tough, bad things happen, disappointments happen, and we suffer. But when these bad things happen, death, sickness, disease, divorce, we know it's not wasted or pointless because the Bible is telling us that God is working all things together for our good. And all things includes bad things. 
Paul is telling the Christians in Rome and he's telling us that God has always got his, got his hands on us and he's molding us into Christ's image, never leaving us and never losing sight of us. So that's number two. Number one was foreknew, number two, predestined, and number three, those whom he predestined, he also called. So first he knew you, and he loved you, and he chose you, and then he determined your destiny that you'd be made like Christ, and then he called you. God called you. Now the means of calling might change, it might be different for everyone. I don't know what your testimony is, if you heard the gospel at Sunday school, or at church, or your, through your parents, or a friend that invited you to an event, um, New Horizon, or Livewire. Whatever it was, that was God calling you. Now, some of us are thinking, well, actually, I put my faith in God. I prayed a prayer when I was young. I went and spoke to the pastor after church. I had a big part to play in this. It was, it was my faith. I chose God. Ephesians 2 tells us that even the faith you had... God gave you as a gift. For as by grace you have been saved through faith, that is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. You really didn't do a whole lot. God called you. Let's put it another way. Ephesians 2 tells us as well, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. I don't know if you've ever been dead, but dead people don't think, they don't speak, they don't put their faith in Christ. We were dead in sin, but God made us alive. He gave us the faith as a gift, which then we put in him. So that's number three. He called us. Number four, and those whom he called, he also justified. Why did he have to justify us? Because every single one of those whom he foreknew and predestined and called, every single one was a sinner. None of us could stand before God righteous and therefore he had to make us right with God. He had to justify us. And how did he do that? He did it through Christ's wrath-absorbing, sin-atoning, perfect sacrifice on the cross. When we have faith in that sacrifice, when we have faith in God, then it's credited to us as righteousness. And we are made right before God, not because of what we've done, but because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. That's number four, justified. Number five, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. What does that mean, glorified? It means that all those who have been justified by him, who have put their faith in him, will one day, after we've been made like him and conformed to his image, we'll go to be with him. And there in heaven, we'll share in his glory forever. And we'll be made glorious like him. Jesus didn't just die so that we could be forgiven and, and, and good and sort of acceptable to God. He died so that we would be made perfect and spotless and blameless and great and glorious like himself. Those whom he justified, he also glorified. So those are the five words that we wanted to explain. I said earlier that these two verses, Paul was going to explain to us through them why verse 28 was true. It was going to be the proof and the foundation. So if you haven't figured it out already, here it is. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Because if you're in Christ, if you're a Christian, God loved you and chose you and knew you before the foundation of the world. He predestined that you would be made like Christ and conformed into his image. Then he called you into his family 
He made you his child. He justified you by giving you the righteousness of Christ, which Christ earned through his life and death on the cross. And he has promised that you will one day be in heaven and be glorified with him. So in all things, even in the bad things, when they happen to you, God uses them for good, to make you like Christ, to conform you to his image. And he has promised that one day he will bring you to heaven. 